and the ball game is over. The Mets lay down their marker in Atlanta as they take two out of three from the Braves to expand their lead to two and a half over the Braves in the National League East. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Shea Station podcast. It is episode 82. It's Thursday, July 14th. And the good news is the Mets went into Truist Park in Atlanta. They took two out of three with their injured roster and they're heading to Chicago for their final set before the all-star break, riding very high with a two and a half game lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack, a.k.a. Jolly Olive. Joining me in the studio because we're playing role reversal today is Jerry Blevins in New York. Jerry, how you doing, man? I'm lovely. It's really nice to be in studio. It's weird to see you remote and me be here. Uh, I'm uncomfortable with it, but we will go. It's nice. It's I nice. Like it I get to see Audio Jack's lovely face. It's just mm-hmm. a. It's just a beautiful day here. It just feels wrong. Like I I was fiddling with my camera before we were talking about all the issues we suffer from on the other side. It's just weird. I don't (laughs) like it. It's different. Yeah, it takes a special person to be able to handle the remote look. But you talked about taking two out of three in Atlanta. That was nice. I loved especially, and you tweeted about it, was Nito Tomas's comments after the game where he's like, yeah, you know, our season, it's nice to know our season didn't didn't end again. Um, so, you know, he's got a good sense of humor. He's always in touch with, uh, the social media and, and the way they flow and, uh, he poked fun at it and I, and I really appreciated it. Yeah. I love that as well. I think, uh, I don't know if the boys are scrolling Twitter. I know Pete deleted like his social media last year to get away from it. Uh, but it's been, you know, kind of a cesspool this year and in big losses. So it was nice that the guys could poke a little bit of fun at it. Uh, but yeah, huge series win. Uh, honestly, a lot of Mets fans feel like they didn't have a lot of hope for the series. We were going in without starring Marte, without Jeff McNeil, without James McCann, just like a lot of the core pieces of this lineup missing. And these guys still showed up. They did what they do best, especially in game one and game three. And we got great starting pitching across the board, which has kind of been the Mets formula for success for the past few years. It was nice to see that come back up. Very nice. Do you want to roll right into it? Uh, Before we do, Jerry, I got to tell you about one of our sponsors for today. Oh, I can't Uh, wait. We're not wearing them because we're indoors. You're in studio. It is bright under the lights in there, so you could wear them if you wanted to. Uh, Shady Rays is one of our sponsors for today's episode. Shout out to them. Guys, All-Star Week is nearly upon us. It's just a a few short days away, uh, and it's sunglasses season. We all know this by now. If you need a new pair or more pairs for the summer, look no further than Shady Rays. Every pair features high-visibility polarized optics and high-quality durable frames, and they're backed by lost and broken replacements. Shady Rays will send you a new pair if you lose or break them, no matter what happened. They don't want to know the story. They don't care. They just want to give you more product. They're changing the way you wear your sunglasses in the outdoors, offering the best combination of fit, style, and performance without the big brand price tag. And they also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order and have donated over 20 million meals to date. So look good in your shades and feel good by making an impact. Love that. And if you don't love the shades, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Race. Their team always has your back, just like the Mets do. Get $20 off of each premium polarized sunglasses pair at shadyrays.com with the code JOMBOYAS. That's JOMBOYAS for all-star because we're going to be wearing them in all-star weekend in LA when we're together. Uh, Thank you to them for sponsoring today's episode. Jerry, I mentioned to you before, before we get into the recaps, because we're going to be together in LA next week. And I don't know if you remember when we were together in Arizona 
the big news that happened in the Mets world. Can you remind me? Well, I do remember us being together because it's unforgettable. The, mm. the chemistry, the sparks Undeniable. that fly. Uh, no, I don't remember exactly what you're talking oh. about. Oh, well, I can refresh your memory. Please Luckily, do. I do. Uh, some guy from Oakland was shipped off to the New York Mets while we were together. In our first in-person episode together, we got to talk about Chris Bassett being traded to the Mets, and he had a great start in this series. So I'm hoping that the tradition of the in-person live episodes continues with another trade next week. I don't know if it'll happen, but I'm, I got my fingers crossed. <laughs> that would be, I remember that feeling now because we were recording our very first episode together. Yep. The the Mets made that big trade. I love Chris Bassett coming in. Um, you saw in this, you know, this series, what he's capable of. Uh, we were excited then. We're still excited. So that would be fun if we get a, a nice trade we can hop right on it, get that mm. content out, give the people what they want. Let's talk about it. I'm in. And who knows? Maybe it'll be an all-star. Maybe we can just get them in the house. Who knows? <laughs> I'm for it. Come on I'm over. I'm just putting it out into the universe. That's Let's all do I'm it. Doing. All right. Recap time? Let's do it. I got game one. Of course you do. As always. As always. Guys, we walked into Atlanta. The tension was high in the ballpark, and the Mets had a lot less to work with than they usually do and things started out pretty similarly as they have have been over the past week the Mets left Luis Giorme and Travis Jankowski on base in the second after a double and a hit by pitch they do not score but in the third Brandon Nimmo doubles Pete Alonso doubles down the left field line to make it one to nothing Mets Eduardo Escobar adds a single and Luis Giorme legs out on a ground ball to beat out the double play and make it two nothing two runs early on for the Mets that's more than we've had in a lot of our previous games before that the runners in scoring position struggles still continued after this inning though Alonso strikes out after Jankowski walk and a Lindor single JD Davis grounds into a double play after two more walks from Max Fried in the fifth this was not the Max Fried we're used to seeing five walks and five hits allowed by him in five innings but the Mets only scratch out two runs because they go one for eight with runners in scoring position but Luckily, on the mound for our Mets was Max Scherzer, and he was out with vengeance. He absolutely dominates the Braves in his second start back from the injured list. Seven innings, one earned run, three hits, no walks, nine strikeouts, just the one solo home run allowed to Austin Riley on 93 pitches with five, one, two, three innings. He does get tagged in the seventh for the home run and the double. That would be his last inning, but he gets the strikeout on Eddie Rosario and you know, just does his Scherzer celebration, which is kind of just like a, a leaning forward, no arms, like foam coming out of the mouth. That's just Scherzer in his prime. Uh, Luis Guillorme gets the run right back off Darren O'Day with a home run out of nowhere going to the right field upper deck. Luis Guillorme has two home runs this year. They're both off Darren O'Day, which I think is pretty hilarious. Uh, Adam Anavino, he comes in for the eighth inning. It's a scary eighth inning for sure. Robinson Cano singles. He gets two hits in his Braves debut because of course he does. Uh, Ronald Acuna adds a double after an eight pitch at bat to make it second and third two outs but Otto gets the final out of that inning he escapes without any damage the Mets maintain their lead then they add some insurance in the ninth inning Pete Alonso gets an RBI ground out that makes it four to one Mets and Edwin Diaz comes in and seals the game like he's been doing all season long strikeouts against Matt Olson, Austin Riley and Marcelo Zuna that's save number 19 for Edwin Diaz Scherzer Otto and Diaz combined for 13 strikeouts and zero walks as the Mets get an incredible pitching performance that kind of covers up some more runners in scoring position struggles, and they win a pivotal game one by a score of four to one. Well done. Well done. That was a, 
This is what you signed up for when you when you signed Max Scherzer to that huge, high average annual value contract. This is what you needed, and uh, when the moment's the brightest, he steps up, and we got an absolutely stellar performance. Uh, the home run, Austin Riley, as as Jake Storiali likes to call him, Young Thick, which is a mm. great nickname for him. Great nickname. Uh, he does his thing, and, and Scherzer gives up solo home runs. Uh, he challenges guys. Uh, no walks. That's incredible. And nine punchies. It was just an, an amazing performance uh, from him. Diaz working... I think that was three days in a row. Am I correct? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And looked absolutely dominant. If I recall, the only other time somebody worked three days in a row was Adovino, and he had a little bit of a blow up in that third game. So to see him come in in a pivotal game and just dominate, that was that was beautiful. Exactly. And uh, Diaz did try to talk Buck into giving him the ball again for a fourth day in a row, uh, but Buck thankfully said no. I want to detour really quick to Go talk about Austin Riley, who yeah. is not an all-star Shock. if you can believe that it's crazy he's first among all National League third basemen in ops home runs doubles hits rbi and slugging and he's still snubbed from the all-star game i'm not a brave fan, but like he deserves to be there. i agree yeah i'm a i'm a big austin riley fan he is a good person uh and a great baseball player he's you saw him really break out last year and establish mm. himself as uh you know a future superstar um, he deserved to be on the team. I mean, Braves country, get out there and vote. You guys I don't, don't know, listen man. to this podcast, I promise. But if you are, vote, vote him in. They do have this guy named uh, Nolan Arenado who also plays third base in the National Manny League. Machado, I've heard he's and Manny good. Machado is, you know, was the MVP for the first half, or at least for the majority of. Uh, so there's some stiff competition, but you know he's he's well there. deserved. He should, I think, he should have made that that roster. Absolutely. And Jerry's got game two. I wonder oh what happened. Goodness. Like, uh, it was funny. Now, is it funny anymore? It's not funny. I, I, I don't know a, if it's funny anymore. I, I need a game to passed. win, but this is the game two we have. This is what happened. Uh, you got Spencer Strider and his wonderful mustache, toe on mm. the rubber, against David Peterson. And Peterson looked sharp. He uh, really, really had his stuff working. He had that slider. Um, the Mets pushed Strider out early, which is what they did to Max Freed. They had four uh, runners on in the first four innings, but they failed to score. Uh, Lindor in the fifth did hit a triple. Uh, triple, maybe. Uh, got in the gap. He kept running, got by Acuna. Yeah. Uh, but they jump out to a 1-0 lead and knock him out, knock Spencer Strider out in that fifth inning. Uh, David Peterson looks really good. He's got the 1-0 lead, goes into the sixth inning. Gets two quick outs, gives up a walk to Dansby Swanson uh, after you know the ball three could have been a strike, but it's been a big zone all all game. Mm. Uh, but then this guy named Matt Olson introduced himself and deposited it into the stands. He takes a two one lead, and that would be it. Seth Lugo serves up a cement mixer of a slider that Adam Duvall uh, hits into the next county. And the Mets go quietly uh, in the last three innings. They lose four to one. It's a game two that I am starting to get angry about. It's just not like funny it. anymore. It's Let's not go. cool. Again, guys. if you win two out of three, I'm okay with it. I'm okay. I can handle it. But come on, just one time. Give me a sweep now. I'm ready. Like, come on. I'll take a game one loss. It's yeah, fine. that's okay. Game two loss, four to one. Uh, they go one for five with runners in scoring position, leave eight men total. It was really that early. They've been scoring so well early in the season, especially yeah. in that first inning, uh, all season long. 
and they just failed to put it up. Spencer Strider has some really good stuff, so I don't blame them there. Uh, and then they just really, really went quietly in the last four innings uh, against a very good Braves bullpen. And it, you know, it is what it is. I mean, I, I will commend the Mets. They It looked like they were taking better at-bats this series. And it's evident by the fact that no Braves starter, and we'll talk about this in Game 3 as well, gets into the sixth inning. The Mets were able to get to their bullpen pretty quickly in all three of these games. It doesn't always result in easy runs, uh, but I think that that's a formula for success that will yield better results going forward. Uh, Matt Olson had a really just kind of a weird series. He hit two absolute bombs to center field that were basically no doubters off the bat, but he also struck out eight times in 12 plate appearances. So very interesting uh, boomer bust guy there. I still think Matt Olson's a great player. Uh, I don't know if you can call it a tough series for him because he, you know, still had some offensive out. Big ones. Definitely interesting. Some big homers. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, The, I don't think Max Fried was at his best. Um, they mentioned nope. it on the broadcast. Our friend Peter Moylan, who was on our last episode, uh, talked about his glute, his right glute. They had, they had hurt his previous start. He definitely didn't look as sharp. Um, but I wish him the best to, to heal up. But he, you know, we got to him early. We got to Spencer Strider early. And game three. Before I before I talk about that, uh, you mentioned Peter Moylan on the broadcast, yeah. our great friend Peter, we had on the last episode. Uh, one, Peter gave us some love, uh, which I always appreciate. Peter also had a very interesting quote that I think I'll, uh, I'll regurgitate on the pod. Are you going to bury um, him right now? Are you going to back him? Should I? Should no. I let it slide? I feel no, like I he, he didn't say anything that, well, I mean, no. <laughs> you've talked about it. We might have to edit this out, though. Are you going to back him oh, up? I mean, I, I can't dig into the game footage and pull it out. <laughs> I can't do that to him. Uh, I'll, I'll let Peter divulge that later on if you guys are really curious. But game three, the Mets enter another rubber match like they have many times this year. They are not a winning streak ball club because they hate game two. Game three comes around. The lineup comes out. Luis Guillorme is batting cleanup for the first time in his entire professional career. I love Guillorme. I love what he's done this season, but he is no cleanup hitter. This lineup may need some reinforcements soon, but I mean, he kind of shut me up and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Eduardo Escobar opens the scoring in the second inning with his 10th home run of the year, much needed for Eddie, who after that, a little bit of a hot streak at the beginning of July has gone quiet over the past seven or so games. He gets a big home run there. He's on a 20 home run pace, so it's not bad. Uh, Nito's walk and a Brandon Nimmo single set up a huge three-run homer for Francisco Lindor off Charlie Morton. We got to talk more and more about Lindor later on. He had a huge series. That was the biggest hit of all. 4 nothing Mets. And then Mark Canna decides to join in on the party as well. His seventh home run of the year off Morton again. A solo shot. Five zip Mets. And Chris Bassett had arguably, maybe his best start of the season in a huge spot. Six innings for him. One earned run. Five hits. Two walks. Six strikeouts. Just the one home run allowed to, you guessed it, Matt Olson on 99 pitches. That ERA is down to 3.79 on the year. One thing that I loved, he recorded a season-high 17 whiffs with at least one on each of his six pitches. This was a Braves team that had never seen Bassett. A lot of the hitters had never faced him before. You had a teammate of his and Matt Olson, but other than that, these guys really weren't touching the funky delivery of the Bassett Hound. Guillaume shut me up with an RBI double in the seventh inning to add even more Mets runs. Jesse Chavez, the 38-year-old veteran, balks in the seventh inning, a rookie mistake from him. I do love Jesse Chavez, so that was tough for me to see. I love what he brings to the table, but the Mets get two more runs there. 
Drew Smith and Tommy Hunter take over the relief in this game. Drew Smith allows another home run. That's kind of just been the plague for him since April. Tommy Hunter does as well. They're both solo shots because that's the kind of team that the Braves are. It's feast or famine. Uh, but the two of those combined for seven strikeouts over the final nine outs to close out the win. The Mets hit three homers in a game for the first time since June 4th. There's been a serious power outage with this team, but they come up big and arguably in arguably the biggest game of the year. They win seven to three. They gain a game on the Braves and they leave Atlanta with a series win. Really big victory. Great outing from Chris Bassett. Uh, he talked about it in his post game where he he said, uh, you know, it's not a big deal. I know it's nice because they they wanted the narrative. The question was, you know, you come into Atlanta, you take two out of three. Is it a message being sent? And he answered it honestly and truthfully uh, because he says, you know, it is nice to win two out of three, but it doesn't mean anything because the most important uh, games come at the end of the season when you're chasing the playoffs and then into the playoffs. And he understands that things change. People, you know, people get traded. Um, you're just different in those situations. And so it was nice. He was like, yeah, it's great to pitch really well and, you know, beat Atlanta, who's breathing down our necks. Uh, but he also said it really doesn't mean anything in, in the end because the end is the end. So yes. I, I really like that. Also, uh, Guillaume batting bat uh, cleanup. I was shocked <laughs> as well. And then he smacks that double uh, to, to add a little bit. Uh, I really don't think um, Luis Guillaume is the cleanup hitter that the Mets envisioned uh, in their lineup. <laughs> uh, I hope we can address that. Uh, but, you know, then Drew Smith and Tommy Hunter both gave up solo shots. Uh, but it was a good win. Uh, nice getaway day. They're they're headed to Chicago. They're in Chicago, yeah. um, which we'll cover later. But it was a nice series win. Absolutely big series win. I loved Bassett's quote. I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, the Mets don't play the Braves again until August 4th. Uh, for a five-game series at home with a doubleheader on Saturday. These rosters are definitively going to look different by then because the deadline is two days prior. So this will be a different version of the Mets and the Braves, I think. These two teams play together uh, 12 more times in the final two months of the season. So there's plenty of games left, but it's really nice to come out and win the first series, kind of put your foot forward. I think arguably the biggest one will be that five-game set, and that'll be kind of proving ground for the Mets and Braves, but we've looked at these schedules. We're trying not to be schedule Hawks just yet, but the Mets have a very easy September. They get some gimmies in August as well. So as long as they keep playing a great brand of baseball and they just keep these brave series competitive, uh, they should be going for the home stretch. So it's very exciting stuff. I'm glad that the team still has that good mentality of no celebrating yet. There's still work to do, uh, but this is a team that's 21 games over 500 still at the all-star break. Uh, it's been a joy to watch them play. And even with that beleaguered roster missing half their lineup and some key pieces, they still came out and they beat a team that was very good and very hot. So a lot of things to love about this series. Yep. Good series. Good win. Um, yep. Running into Chicago for the last few games until the all-star break. And a lot of guys are going to get some time off and not all of the Mets because we got some all-stars. Thankfully. Oh, we do. We actually didn't talk about this last episode because yeah. we were ch chumming it up with Peter so much. But the Mets get four all-stars. Peter yeah. Alonzo, Starling Marte, Jeff McNeil, and Edwin Diaz. You could argue that they could have more and maybe injuries will enable that. But still, four all-stars is something to be very excited about. I think it's their most since 2016. So very cool. Yeah, I'd love to have seen Nemo get out there. That would have been nice. You know, yeah. uh, I thought he was deserving. Yeah, yeah, so but we have four and that's great. And one of them 
I'm pretty sure you can guess who is doing the home run derby with an absolutely stacked lineup that will be in attendance for. I can't super exciting. Wait, I'm super. I've never been to the all-star game. I've never been to a a home run derby of any kind. So I'm super excited. Hey, Luke. (laughs) Uh, I'm super excited. Uh, Sorry. A little uh, friend popped into the viewing window. That's the best part about the New York. I know I get to see everybody. We got such a a good group uh, of people that work here at John boy. So it's, it's nice to come in. Um, but it. I'm so pumped uh, to see the All-Star Game, but especially the Home Run Derby. Mm. And the head, John Boy himself, is a huge Pete Alonso fan. Will be, you know, if you want to listen back to talking baseball, he loves Pete Alonso. Uh, so does Story Alley. He sent me, Jake, uh, our two our two leaders, the, our two mm. bosses. Jake sent me a text um, after one of the strikeouts in the, uh, in the first first game, and he goes, I love Pete Alonso. <laughs> and it was about because uh, he took a borderline pitch and yep. could have argued, but instead he goes, "Is that you know, is that where the the zone is? Is that the the top of it?" And he noted it and he shook his head. He said, "Okay." And he went down, sat down, and started thinking about his next at bat. He's such a pro, very earnest. Uh, everybody's going to be rooting for him. It's wild, you know. He's a Met, but everybody loves Pete Alonso, and they want him to three Pete. Yeah, and he was built for the home run derby. I really like because you know there were a lot of questionable calls in the series. You alluded to the David Peterson one in Game Two, where he kind of got squeezed. But still, this is a team that takes great at bats, even with those strike calls. They still worked the starters out of the game very quickly. And Pete Alonso going for that three beat. I hope we're in in attendance to see that come to fruition. We also got our boy Kyle Schwarber, who we really wanted. He's in the derby. <laughs> Juan Soto, future Met. He's in the derby. Julio Rodriguez. The lineup is star-studded. Acuna. As of right now, there's only one spot left. Acuna's there. You're gonna see the the grandfathered in Mr. Albert Pujols, who's oh, yeah. fifth all time in career homers at like six something, six eighty, something crazy. Sounds right. It's wild. He has so <laughs> many home runs. Um, but yeah, man, this is going to be an exciting event. Uh, I really like the new format, the way they do the timed, it just Mm. adds an element of watchability. Um, they really got it right. Uh, I'm pumped and I'm glad that they incentivize the the players because you know, it, it is taxing, you know, uh, Plouffe would talk about Trevor Plouffe talks about it a little bit and he said it didn't really affect him. But then Jock Peterson, who turned it down said, you know, I was sore for two days last time, last time I, I played in it. And him um, and Vladdy, you know, went toe to toe for 30 home runs in like one round. So I understand that. It's got to be tax, um, taxing, especially if you're you know, trying not to get hurt, whatever, affect your swing. Uh, but I'm just glad we have a very stacked superstar lineup. And our boy Pete uh, is trying to three Pete. You're trying to be a, three Pete. I'm at, first of all, three Pete. That's got shirt written all over it. <laughs> right Second Blake, important Blake question. Blake on the horn. Are you are you bringing your glove? I will be bringing my glove. Okay, yeah. I am too. Two, I want to be two, the only one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna get somebody's there. I'm gonna make sure Hample the the ball hawk. I'm gonna Mm-mm. I'm gonna box him out if he comes even close to you me. You got the long arms. You can Dude, reach over anybody. I'll I'll stiff arm him in the face. You know, Easy. like a running back style. Uh, he does that. That's his job. But I think it's gross. You know, you can feel <laughs> yeah. however it is, however you want about it. Uh, but I think that that aspect of of ball hawking is is gross to me it makes I mean, me you gotta sad ask trev apparently you know one got stolen from trev <laughs> yeah apparently Hample like uh you know belittled him and, and caught it right in his face um Super i will right. not allow that to happen i will throw one of these really sharp elbows <laughs> that i have uh on accident and you know mix it up on accident there. yeah Complete it is what oh, i'm accident. not afraid i'm gonna go for the ball and if you happen to try to cut me off 
you're gonna feel the sharp edges of these of these elbows. Oh yeah, I wouldn't fuck with that. <laughs> I wouldn't mess up with that. All right, Apple time. Apple time. That's great. Apple time. Who wants to go first? Jerry, you let me go first. Though. I think like the past three. I think yeah, I think I'm gonna go first. And there's a there's a bunch of candidates. I won't cover them. I'll let you do that because I'm gonna go straight in, and I'm gonna go to Francisco Lindor. He is the apple of my eye. In a in a big series, he really stepped up. He had that huge three home run three three run homer off of Charlie Morton to to push it to four nothing in a in a an absolutely huge spot. Um, he played really good defense. He went five for fourteen with that home run. Also had that RBI triple. He scored two runs of him of his own. He had those four RBI. Uh, I just I'm so pumped to have him. You know, they moved the lineup a little bit at that two three spot to have him at the front end of our our lineup, just producing. You know, you had a note in here that he has more RBI this year already pre All Star break than he had the entirety of last season, and yeah. a lot of that is team you know team oriented. Those are counting stats, but there's something going on because he's actually hitting. His numbers don't look as great. Um, if you just look at the his baseball reference page, he's you know he's hitting you know, he's not hitting 300 like you know some of these other superstars. But if you watch him day in day out, he's putting together big at bats. He's knocking in runs when he has the opportunity, and for that, he is the apple of my eye. Love that pick. I feel like one of us definitely had to pick Lindor. Um, it's been a cold month for Pete Alonso. He's batting 208 in July. And I think a lot of the slack uh, for the Mets struggles have come against him and Lindor. It was really nice to see Lindor come up in huge spots and get those clutch hits um, and arguably the biggest series of the year. So I think it's a great pick. I'm glad that you shout out his defense as well. He made a handful of really great plays, especially the one in the fourth inning on kind of a tough liner hop uh, when Bassett was pitching with runners on second and third and two outs. Big throw there, kind of a gun down. Uh, Lindor is an invaluable piece, and I hope that he continues to heat up. Uh, but there's a lot of good choices, a lot of great performances from this series. We uh, joked around about Luis Guillorme batting fourth, but he had an awesome series. Was really slugging the ball, kind of looked like a cleanup hitter. Two doubles, a homer, a run scored, two RBI, and a walk. He went four for 10. Great series for him. Nemo scores five runs. I was three glad games. you mentioned that. I wanted to highlight Nemo, who also played a great defense. He made yep. a couple of really nice catches, one against the wall, one running in the gap. Uh, and he had scored five runs. That's what you want out of your leadoff hitter. Um, love, I love Brandon Nemo so much. Three walks for him was really nice to see too, because he just hasn't been walking as much this season. He's been slugging a little bit more. Mark Canna, I feel like we always give him love at the end. He never quite gets the apple, but he's always <laughs> doing something. Three for 11 with a home run and two walks for him. Great starting pitching across the board. Peterson looked great, much better than I think his line gives him credit for. Nine strikeouts in five and two-thirds. Bassett got the job done in game three. But my love, my apple is going to Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer came up so huge in that first game. The Mets always struggle against Max Fried, and it was one of those rare nights where he was off and they had the chance to score. Uh, they got him a pair of runs, and that's all he needed. Seven innings, nine Ks. No walks for Scherzer. Scherzer has been downright incredible. I had a note here. I don't know where it went about Scherzer's recent games. Here it is. Since returning from the aisle, Max Scherzer, 13 innings, one earned run, 20 strikeouts, no walks. 
big victory for him in, in game one. I said it in the preview uh, with Peter on the show uh, that game one was the most pivotal in the series for us. It was one that could go either way with two great pitchers on the mound and the Mets got that and they won the series. And I think a huge piece of it was Max Scherzer. So he gets my answer. I love it. Those are my two picks as well. You highlighted what Bassett did. Peterson looked really good again. He outpitched his line. Um, but Scherzer's got to get it, right? Yeah. Absolutely. It's really dominant. nice when the two guys making a lot of money get the app. Right? That's what you pay them for. That's what they yeah. step up and they did. They delivered. Uh, love it. Yeah. Uh, guys, I want to shout out another one of our sponsors. Don't put the apple of your eye on your burger. They won't go well together. But go to Bear Burger and get something else because they got plenty of exotic stuff. Something for everyone. Yes, even you. That's their slogan. They are a burger joint, but they aren't bogged down by labels. Our menu is filled with options for everyone, regardless of dietary preferences, whether you're 100% vegan or you think ketchup is a vegetable. We got some comments about that part of this, uh, the, the read there, ketchup being a vegetable. I mean, tomatoes are fruit, so I don't know where that comes from. I don't know I how agree. people argue that, but I don't know how that's even on the slate. But, it is. It know, gets people talking, that, I guess. I guess. Air burger. Delicious and going. controversial, apparently. Mm, I like a controversial burger. <laughs> I love that. There's only one dietary restriction at Bear Burger, food that's made to taste great. Their kitchen and bar happy hour is the best in NYC. It's open 12 to 7 p.m. on Monday through Friday. They got their exotic burgers. My friend Zach, shout out to him, avid listener of the pod. He tried the elk burger and he liked it. So happy to report that. They also got the ostrich burger and the bison burger. Plenty of fun stuff there. Their bar bites at the Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar. All food items are $9.95 Monday through Friday, 4 to 7 p.m. Uh, they also have a lunch special from 12 to 4 p.m. on those same days, $14.95, all served with fries. Plenty of great deals, guys. And Bear Burger is one of the most hopping joints in New York City. So if you're a New York listener, go check them out. There's a link in our description on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube, where you can go find yourself a location and find your new favorite happy hour spot at Bear Burger. Thank you to them for sponsoring today day's episode love it thank you bear love burger it. uh you want to talk a little bit of um trade candidates now or before the preview like before mm. or after the preview i think we can touch on it now i think that cool. you know the mets got a big series one uh, there's no de denying that this team is great uh, but i do think that they could use some juice in a few areas of their roster right now whether that's because of injury or underperformance um, two things I want to highlight are one, the bullpen has been great. They've held down the fort. I do think a weapon could be great there. And I do think the Mets could get some better production out of their designated hitter role, which is currently bottom five in OPS plus across all teams and MLB. I wrote down some guys. You don't have to go off that list. Cause I know we've talked in full about a lot of guys. We got our eye on who's someone that you think could change this Mets roster for the better. So the reason why I wanted to ask before or after is because we're about to face a guy that would mm. be a huge splash, uh, and his name is Wilson Contreras. Ooh. I know, I know. He is a catcher, is an all-star. He is in his walk year with the Chicago Cubs. He's been a trade rumor for years because they've, been, they've had down years, and he is crushing the ball. He's got an 850 OPS He's got uh, 13 home runs, 17 doubles. Uh, he's crushing the ball, and we need some offense. And as much as I love uh, Tomas Nito, I, I sincerely love that man. He is a, a friend. Uh, I believe that we need some more pop because Luis Guillorme batting fourth 
he's awesome, and I also love Luis Guillorme, but he cannot be our four-hole hitter no matter what layup and landscape, whether it works out or not. We need some pop, and we need some thump. And if we can't yeah. have Kyle Schwarber, uh, and we can't have you know a type like that, Let's make a splash that wouldn't cost us a ton because he's in his walk year. You wouldn't have to even question Francisco Alvarez, Vientos. I don't think it would take that. Um, I think it's possible. What do you? What do you? How do you feel about that? So the Mets have made themselves adamantly clear that they really want to not rush Francisco Alvarez, and I'm with them. I, this is a young kid. It's really hard to come up, in a, especially in a pennant race, if you're a catcher and tr- catch this all-star staff while also trying to figure out big league pitching and hit at the highest level. And that being said, this is kind of a match made in heaven. It's a, it's a half season rental. It doesn't hinder Alvarez at all. Um, I've never, I can't really think of an, a case in my head where a catcher has switched teams mid season. I don't know how that affects them defensively. I'm sure it's hard to get used to a whole new staff and learn that on the fly. But Wilson Contreras is a special player. You've already highlighted many of the things that we've talked about. We're going to get a first-hand look at him this series, which I'm very excited for. Uh, and I think that a package deal with him and some other guy in their bullpen would be very ideal. His name is David Robertson. You texted me about him earlier last week. Uh, he's having a terrific season and a comeback year. I don't know how old he is. I know he's in, I think, his later 30s. Uh, but he's still doing the damn thing with that cutter. He's been very, very good. He's 37 this year. Yes. He's got a 2.10 ERA in 34 and a third innings, 1.02 whip and 11.8 K per nine. I think our bullpen's great. I think we have a lot of valuable pieces that have gone through some rough patches. And of course, it's all highlighted by Edwin Diaz. And I got a lot of respect for Adam Adovino, especially with that terrific month of June he had. He's had a good July as well. But I think we need an eighth inning guy. I think we need a slam dunk setup man to bring things to Edwin Diaz. When you get that seven innings from Max Scherzer, and all you need is just to bridge the gap between those two elite pitchers. And David Robertson feels like he just slides in perfectly there. There's a lot of good candidates, but I think that both him and Wilson Contreras just fill the needs of the Mets so, so well. That would be uh, fantastic. As far as uh, as Robertson goes, I, I really like David Robertson. He's the only guy on all those lists that really gets me going. I'm like, we need that. I love our bullpen. We do need, like you said, that lockdown eighth. We have Trevor May coming back. Uh, Adovino's been fantastic. But adding an absolute, you know, he's been a closer for a long time. He had an injury, was really bad in Philly because he didn't pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, won a silver medal for the U.S. and and the Olympics, and he is back at 37 years old. He looks fantastic. Everything passes the eye test, passes the actual analytics test, the numbers test. Uh, He's the only guy, really, that I'm like, we kind of, if Uncle Stevie is truly, you know, you know, like Dr. Evil sitting up in his, sitting up in his uh, tower, just kind of, you know, ready to, to make a move, I think this is the move we need. All the other moves, you know, it would be great to get a bat, but nobody on the market, unless they do something surprise, no name that pops up, you know, makes me want to put him and push somebody else out except for David Robinson. I think he would be a key piece for us. Yeah, I like, I like the uh, the way that you ended that. There are a couple of great bats out there, like CJ Crone's got 20 home runs. Christian Walker's got 21 there in the NL West, but I don't think there's that there's no Yoannis Cespedes on the market. I know that's kind of the thing that we always allude to just because, you know, that was a special year, Um, but there's no world series, you know, advancing bat. I truly believe, I mean, Josh Bell's been great. 
Brendan Jury has been great, and you can go get those guys. But to get to solidify that catcher position and to solidify that eighth inning in one failed swoop, I think is the best move the Mets could make. I don't know if they do it. It probably takes a, a decent prospect there, and we can you know hypothesize about that all day. It's not going to get us anywhere. But I do think the Mets make a trade. I think it's somebody that we're probably thinking of right now, um, and I think D Rob would be a perfect fit. That'd be so awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. We need we need a we need to protect Pete Alonso. Um, we need a guy. Uh, Eddie Escobar looks like he's starting to to heat up a little bit. You know, lulls. He's he's riding that roller coaster right now of of productivity. But um, it would be nice to to fill that spot. I don't know who it would be. Again, I you know, CJ Crone. He's he's got those huge splits from from the Rockies Stadium out yeah. in Denver, um, which is always scary. Um, but you can go out and get somebody that no, you know, none of us, none of the talking heads that even are think is on the radar, make a big splash and catch, you know, lightning in a bottle, but who knows? Well, we talked about stealing away Cubs players. We should probably talk about who we're facing next because we're going to Wrigley and we're playing those Cubs and we're going to get to see them firsthand. Correct. We have a four game set to end the first half going into the all-star break. Game one is Cookie Carrasco and his 4.55 ERA going against Keegan Thompson and his 3.04 ERA. Keegan Thompson, that is a real name, not just a made-up name. He is a really good <laughs> young pitcher, probably the best that they got, not named Kyle Hendricks. Um, very good. A few guys against Cookie is Wilson Contreras is two for six. Uh, Carrasco has been much improved in July. He's got 11 in the third innings pitched, only three earned runs, 13 punch outs, and three walks. And that Keegan Thompson we talked about over his last five starts, 28 innings pitched, a 1.93 ERA, 35 strikeouts to seven walks in yeah. 28 innings. Should be a really good game one. Game two, the big W, I'm calling it now, is Taiwan Walker. And his 2.63 ERA going up against old friend Marcus Stroman, 4.91 ERA. Uh, he's got our boy Jolly Block, so I don't know how friendly we are. <laughs> you guys may remember him. He's Marcus Stroman. He's coming off the IL. He's only made two starts since June. He had his last start, the first of off the IL on the ninth. He went four innings, no runs, two hits, one walk, and three Ks versus the Dodgers. Uh, the other end of that is Taiwan Walker over his last six starts. Kind of special. 39 innings pitched, 1.85 ERA, 43 punches to eight walks. Again, Taiwan Walker is that dude, should be an all-star. I think he has been uh, at his best recently, and I can't wait for that game two win. Uh, mm-hmm. On to game three, the aforementioned Max Scherzer. Coming off just an amazing outing against Max Fried and the Braves. He has a 2.15 ERA. Going up against old lefty Drew Smiley and his 4.43 ERA. Uh, Rafael Ortega is 3 for 6 off of uh, Scherzer. Jan Gomes 3 for 7. Uh, Eduardo Escobar on our end. 5 for 10 with 3 home runs off of Smiley. Looking for him to maybe hit in that cleanup spot behind Pete. Would love that. Uh, Pete Alonso himself is 3 for 7 with a homer off Smiley. Uh, Scherzer since returning from the I.L., 13 innings pitch, one run, 20 Ks, no walks, two big old W's. Uh, that is game three. Uh, game four, David Peterson coming off a really good outing in Atlanta as a 3.48 ERA going up against Adrian Sampson and his 3.33 ERA. I have no idea who Adrian Sampson is, uh, but so I will not cover him. Peterson, on the other end, has 41 punch outs over his last 27 and a third innings. Uh, David Bodie is one for two with two RBI against Peterson, and Mark Cannon is two for nine with two home runs against Sampson. 
Apparently, he's got a track record. I have no idea who he is, but that will also be a Game 4 win. 2-0 and for your boy, Jay Blev. Maybe a four-game sweep going into the All-Star break. Let's, let's talk about it. I love the confidence, man. <laughs> Call it out. Hell yeah. Bring it into existence. Game 2, <sighs> Game 4. I love it. Obviously, the biggest takeaway here is Game 2 in the sun at Wrigley against old friend Marcus Stroman. He said a lot in his departure from New York. Uh, Stroman was so huge for us in the 2021 season. He is a very polarizing figure. He's having a tough season for the Cubs, battling some injury and uh, performance woes. And he faces off against arguably his closest friend in the clubhouse from last year, Taiwan Walker. So it's a very interesting matchup there. Um, Some Mets have great numbers against Stroman. This is a Cubs team that has sputtered and spiraled and has not played well or to their expectations. They've battled injury, uh, but it looks like they will be sellers at the deadline. And uh, we're going to be seeing some potential uh, guys that we could acquire, as we alluded to before. Um, Good. Yeah, I just want to, their lineup, they can hit, man. They can hit. hit. This team has, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys with an OPS plus over 100. It means they're above average. Uh, Wilson Contreras, who we talked about, uh, Alfonso Rivas, a young guy, uh, is is hitting okay, but uh, they're they're really exciting young center fielders. Names Christopher Morel. He's uh, OPS of eight twenty six. This guy is electric. He's got nine home runs. A real joy for the game of baseball. Should be fun to watch if you're a Mets fan. Never heard of him. Uh, he's a guy on your radar that that when he's up, you might want to tune in and check him out. Hopefully, he uh, has no success against us, but uh, he is a promising young. Uh, looks like a budding superstar in the making. Uh, Patrick Wisdom is hitting really well for them. Ian Happ, who is their all-star, another all-star for them. Um, friend of the pod, friend of uh, the company. Yep. Uh, switch hitting outfielder himself. Uh, really good year. He's going into his walk here as well. Um, your boy Seiya Suzuki is back. He's doing well. Uh, it's, he's an exciting player. They just have some, some guys that can hit, man. Uh, David Bodie we talked about a little bit, but they can play. They can mash. And that lineup is running in to the Mets rotation, who has pitched very, very well in July, pitched really well against a good Braves lineup uh, the past three games. Taiwan Walker, definitely eligible for that all-star game. He might get the nod in reserves. I I'm hope really he does. For it. I really hope he does. Scherzer's been amazing since returning from the I.L. David Peterson has become a strikeout machine with that slider really working now. And Cookie has turned it around in July. We're setting out four really good starters. Uh, this is a series that the Mets are definitely capable of winning, and it would be a really good win way to go into the all-star break especially after beating the Braves because they're going to get the Nationals and the Nationals kind of just get tossed around the NL East that's just how it goes for them it's the kind of season they're having and it would be nice to match the Bravos and enter the all-star break with that NL East lead maintained through the first three or so months pretty cool very cool it's been a, a very good first half if you wrote it down going into the season looked at the numbers you would be very happy with the outcome we've had so far nobody's ready to turn it off yet. They have four big games before they, they turn it down for the all-star game, uh, all-star break. Uh, so they're, they're really looking motivated. I, I guarantee you these guys are going to be ready to play uh, because Buck will not allow it to be anyway otherwise, and neither will Scherzer into those other guys. Uh, it should be a fun one. It should yeah, be a team that a, we beat, man. Exactly. And this is a Mets team that's had their season end about six or seven times to this point. They're still here. They're still standing Tomas Nito knows what's going on. I love it. Uh, and yeah, this is a, you know, get it, don't form too much of an attachment to this Mets roster because I think it's going to look different about a month from now or maybe even sooner. So 
get used to that idea as well. Yeah, and we are done. Is that it? We're done. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I'm sick of Good. this reverse. We role. talked about Alonso's. Uh, you, you don't like this role. You don't, don't like, like me it. in I don't studio. Like being in the box. I don't like you in the studio. I need it back the way it was. I I like it here. It's nice. Right. I feel my voice is sultry on this <laughs> this nice setup here. You're feeling yourself too much. Too I might much be. Me. It just might be the uh, green juice and then the the ginger turmeric that I'm I'm putting down might be getting me jazzed. Health God with you. <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. For Jolly, I'm Jerry and Audio Jack. We are Shea Station, and let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. We'll see you guys next week in person in L.A. for the. Well, we won't see you in person. We'll see each other in person. We'll see each other. Yeah, which is the important part. Unless they come to the VIP event. Yeah, that's right. VIP event. Tickets are low. Boomtown Brewery. There's like less than 10 left. Oh, that's 10 friends of the pod. Boomtown Brewery. Let's come talk Mets. Come on, guys.